0: and welcome to Straight Talk with the Sober Chicks at Insight Counseling. I'm Sarah Benton and I'm a therapist here at Insight Counseling and I'm here with Liz Jorgensen, the owner. We're delighted to be with you all. We always enjoy the topics and would love to hear from you all. If you have any specific requests, please let us know if you have any questions or topics that you think would be good to cover on our podcast. But today's topic, we are talking about Bull's rules and we are here for you all teach and to help you all but not to preach although let's just do a little disclaimer
1: um, hi I'm Liz Jorgensen and I'm grateful to be here with my buddy and my colleague Sarah Benton. and I am a therapist who's also in long-term recovery which we know that's implied by the sober chicks but just in case I'm just gonna say it so today we're gonna riff a little bit we're gonna use a little humor but understand our humor is with love Because we're going to talk about fool's rules. And these are things that addicts say, alcoholics say, um, kind of like, uh, remember the comedian, you might be a redneck? Like, you might be an addict or alcoholic if you've ever engaged in any of these fool's rules. But we are going to, we're going to lay it down. There's going to be a lot of humor here. We are going to be busting up and making fun of some of the completely irrational thought patterns. That active people have and then turn into outward cray cray rules that they actually believe well
0: and I feel like I have a right to make fun of them because I believe them all yes thank you that's how that (laughs) that's how I came up with the rules because they were the rules that I had that made me not an alcoholic as long as I followed these sets of rules because only real alcoholics did those other things then I was in the clear Absolutely. Do you agree? I, You know what? Not only do I agree. I wish you were my but
1: therapist. one of like the nine. main tenants, actually I could have been because I was already sober for a little while just because I'm older. And um, if when we start doing our video webinars, you'll see there's an age difference here, but not a humor or, or an insight difference. But um, So I had a few more years of practicing, like also hearing other people's rules, but the main point was it would be fine. If we as addicts and alcoholics came up with a few rules and then stuck to the first rules we made but no it's we're so creative aren't we 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 can riff one rule can morph into another there's a rule it's kind of like the way lawyers think there's a rule and then there's 73 exceptions so let's talk now like I know you have a top 10 list I don't know if you're ready for that or if you want to talk a little bit more before because it's a great list so I don't know if we need a little more intro to it
0: well I do because I think I followed some of the rules but then the other piece was that on the other end there were these ridiculous things going on with my drinking so it was like I had this for example a rule of like always show up to class or always show up to work never you know never miss an assignment or never miss uh, a, a, a work obligation but then I was blacking out and not remembering what was going on the night before so I don't know if like one negates the other you know what I mean like well, that doesn't course, make but, much sense. But listen, it makes only sense an alcoholic time. would miss work. That was drinking. my belief I was this like you know. This is the problem honey. I only a person that. with a problem would you know miss their obligations so if you can pull it off no matter how drunk you were it doesn't count. Exactly. I truly in my heart believe that. Guess who I used to quote all the time I never told you this.
1: <laughs> if people call me out on my drinking I would say, do you know that Winston Churchill drank an entire bottle of whiskey every day during World War II? That shut people up. I don't know why. And it's actually true. He was very savvy. He had cirrhosis when he died. I mean, and he was a great leader. But, like, he would talk about high-functioning alcoholic, hey, huh? As long as he talk showed up. Talk about it. As long as he showed as up, As long as he showed up, V for victory it World War II. So I would say, if anybody tried
0: to call me out, I'd be like, excuse me, Winston Churchill. <laughs> I didn't have enough people calling me out because I was showing up. You were showing up. Well, that's the whole Woody Allen, right? That's it's the showing whole... up is eighty percent of success. Is it? That and was your expression. Don't your
1: stepdaughter, too. I would add. That is another. <laughs> that's a good. I'm just saying that would be my part. Second part. Okay, back to. But yeah, so if eighty percent of success
0: is always showing up, then you know what I mean. It doesn't matter what you're doing in your spare time. You just got to show up, and you're successful. See,
1: but can I just tell you something? I've had this conversation. I actually would love to help get some new ways to have this conversation with clients. But I find the most maddening thing for me is is trying to talk to people about the fact that by definition people who do not have a problem with alcohol or even a recreational use of drugs which we're not going to get into that but certain drugs whatever weed we could argue there's some recreational use could we not we of can course. argue i'm not saying yes no we're not whatever. naive over here i didn't say counseling i'm just saying legal in three states at the time of this taping however social users don't have to keep coming up with new rules they make one rule like oh i'm working today so i'm not going to get high and they to, just freaking stick to it this you is what to, i don't
0: understand they if just you have to control something <sighs> it's out of it's control. out of control <laughs> but the crazy thing about some people is and i try to say this to clients i go i
1: go okay don't you always don't you have that annoying friend who will start out the night and say like oh i'm only gonna have one beer because i have like a big day or, or i'm not drinking at all i'm on antibiotics and i always be like what kind of wimp listens to the medicine bottle like are you kidding me like that's actually a thing you're actually going to not drink because you're an antibiotic do you know what i mean oh, I, I, I do now right i didn't there, before right there they don't have a problem because they it's just it's not the a level of it's indifference issue. they
0: don't yeah. indifference is my favorite they're word. not committed to the drinking yes they're not it's not <laughs> their religion so another so another rule is See, this is the stereotype stuff. It's like, well, I never drink in the morning. It's like, okay, well... I mean, that works for some people. I felt worse if I drank in the morning. The truth is, I tried it, and it just didn't make me feel worse, so... So that doesn't count. So I kind of... Yeah, so, like, in a way, it wasn't that I... But I also thought, if it did work for me, then that meant I was an alcoholic. Do you know what I mean? Like, the fact that I responded poorly and I felt kind of weird when I did it... um Made me think, well, I must not be an alcoholic because, like, they're able to, to keep going like that, and I'm not. yeah, So that's the trick that my mind played. Well, because, that, well, of course, but it's all about you. I was just so hungover and still drunk from the night before that, like, it was still, I would have still registered in a breathalyzer, so I guess. <laughs> Wait, let me call you out on something. Okay, go for it. I know you, Sarah.
1: You drank all night sometimes, right? Didn't you, like, go to bed at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning and you were still drinking?
0: I don't know, so I blacked the, out so I can't Oh, you it. blacked out, so that doesn't count. <laughs> it not I don't really know the end time. I didn't clock out, you know what I mean? I didn't clock out.
1: Oh my God. But I think it was still in my system. No, but okay, all joking aside though, that's a huge
0: stereotypical one. You're right. People will go like, Well, I never drink in the morning. Because that's like that's like those are the those are the things you learn about. You know the basics of an alcoholic right they drink every day they drink in the morning so i didn't drink every day Mm. but so the binge drinkers so there's two types of drinkers and i think it's important to distinguish there's the maintenance drinker and this is the same possibly with pot too but i'm i'm not as that wasn't my drug of choice so i'm more familiar with alcohol but there's been there's bingers and then there's people that kind of keep a steady stream of that substance in their system so they're not that's the definition of alcohol dependent right so that's maintenance drinking so there's the physical dependence exactly but there's also a behavioral presentation difference. So a person would look a little bit different. Somebody that kind of keeps a steady stream in their system mm-hmm. isn't as visibly drunk and intoxicated as a person that's binging. So that's the confusing part for somebody that's a binge drinker. They feel that they're they they have a harder time seeing themselves sometimes mm-hmm. as alcoholic because for their own reasons, but partially because they're able to stop and start, they don't drink every day, they may not drink in the morning. And so it's a little bit but they're both, it doesn't matter, they're both actually, even by DSM, by our diagnostic manual criteria, they're actually still both considered alco- alcohol use disorder. Of course. But let me get back to the rules. I just remembered that I used to have this rule. Can I throw
1: it in? I don't mean to yeah. interrupt your top ten. I don't really have a top but ten, but I, I would have ten. Say, 11, actually, this wasn't true at the end of my drinking, but in the definitely for like the two years of the heavy drinking, one of my crazy rules was... well. I only drink for fun and alcoholics drink because they have to. You see? That is that's a great rule. I'm drinking for fun here. And so therefore it's like a hobby. I'm drinking by choice. By choice. I have that same rule. No, stop. I swear to God. It was like, well, oh my God. I'm go- this is how I want to drink. I want to. I'm no drinking one's making by me. choice this way. I'm not in detox, right. so I have to drink more. Thank you. I am going Makes with it. This is how sense. I want
0: to. So, actually, when I'm talking about what are the, which we'll get into actually in our next podcast around symptoms, but it's the willingly versus unwillingly. There's a difference, and that confuses people when they are like, "Well, this is how I want to drink, or this is how I'm drinking," and it's still problematic. But it's because you feel like, "Well, I'm doing it on purpose. Right. I don't have to do this. I I just want to. to. I I want to do it." We have a similar one, right? That that ties into it of the the I'm not self I'm not self medicating. Oh, that's self medic. Oh, I'm I'm drinking for fun, or I'm smoking pot for fun. I'm not actually doing it because I'm depressed or anxious I'm doing it for fun
1: okay so here's one of our top 10 rules that I just have to do a riff for a minute because this kind of breaks my heart we have a lot of clients now in fact one of my dear mentors doctor Edward Canson, many years ago 40 years ago coined the phrase self-medication and it's been and completely, made in his book oh it's written books addiction as self-medication As, as self-medication but but many addicts have kind of keyed into this now in terms of the rules and the excuses. So well, we it's and, being we prescribed,
0: it's especially pot be, yes, being yes, prescribed. Oh, there you
1: go! It's not just the addicts; it's also the doctors who apparently don't have enough real patients. Um, oh, you have anxiety disorder. Let's just give you some get a little more paranoid. medicinal marijuana to get completely freaked out, and then you need to come back to me for other medicines. But in any event. How many of our clients and how many people that I know from 12 Steps before they got into 12 Steps would say, well, as long as I don't drink on a day where I'm really already suicidally depressed or I'm really freaking out and I have anxiety, then I'm not an addict. You say, because it's really just
0: recreational. It's just recreational. So if I, in fact, use it out of desperation, then I've got a problem.
1: And I really, once I'm completely upset and depressed, and I use, this would be a problem. And I don't really know how to get around that logic because that one's... I find people can really get other people to agree with them on that one pretty easily. Like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well,
0: I think if, 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 if you're able to be like completely depressed or having anxiety and you don't drink or use drugs... Well, you use the... Well, our argument oftentimes, I'm just thinking, is that... But... Sometimes the use will result in mood fluctuations. So of then course. the whole thing gets confusing. Right. And the other piece is that most people are not able to stick to that rule. Well, so then they start to cross the line where they actually do start using it when they're Well,
1: wouldn't you say, Sarah, that
0: if you make the rule you're not able to stick to it? In fact can well, I Well if just- you have to make the rule, then it's usually know. something's going on. I don't know. Whatever. Not everyone, but I'm just saying. Actually, can I just, uh, my one final just
1: throw down on this, I, I don't use when I'm already depressed, etc. Came with a, a adorable client who I have, who I hope he does well, but he's back at college right now, and he convinced his family and other people, but not me, and he finally did agree, that this was going to be his plan, that he wasn't going to drink um, when he was already anxious or depressed. And so I called him out, and I said, okay. But what if you start using and then you get anxious and depressed,
0: right? Right. What What are you gonna do then? And he was like, "Oh, I'm that's what I'm nothing. saying because the rebound, got nothing. the right. rebound is actually oftentimes the, the worst, the opposite." So another is along these lines is I drink. I never drink alone. I, I only drink, drink with alone. people, right? So yep. it's like it's all about the fun and the social. And in our society, the truth is that when you do things with other people, you justify your behavior, right? It's that's that right. group think. So if everybody's drinking as much as I am, is everybody smoking as much pot as I am, well, then why am I the one that has the problem, right? I'm not any worse than my friends. And that's especially difficult for certain age groups. You and I speak about this
1: all the time, the young adult age group. Because I would say when you're around my age group, I'm in my 50s, you're in your late 30s. Very late. Well, I'm going to still say it, though, because it it's counts. It's true. It it's a little, it mean, well, people in their 30s are still drinking, I think, more socially than people in their 50s socially, but people in their 20s socially drink a lot more. College age kids who don't have
0: addiction, I'm just the saying. The highest drinking, the highest like heavy drinking period is 18, 18 to, 24. to 24. That's right. So it's often the easiest way
1: for, for people who ha- are either emerging as having an alcohol disorder to justify or, or
0: already addicted. I mean, that's I got sober bef- at twenty one. I was. I don't know how you figured that one. That. Well, that must have been really bad if you figured it out. Because see, my problem was I was hanging out with people that drank a lot the way I did, but they were able to phase out. So eventually, I was um, that girl. You know what I mean? See, because well, into I my late twenties, it wasn't funny anymore. But it was, you know what I mean? Along yeah. the way, I sort of was like a chameleon and sort of blended into these heavy drinking pockets. But and then very people easy moved to on. Do.
1: In your early 20s? Twi- yes, You're it is very In your early
0: 20s, very easy. It's to so do. easy, especially as a young professional and like after college, it's so easy. Um, people aren't married, and, you know, I'm, I'm just, it's just like, yeah. But then it started to stick out. Um, so I'm, I'm a blackout drinker, which what that means is that. Um, there's actually a book right now that I'm reading called Blackout that I think does a great explanation I totally of blackout. wanna borrow that, by the way. It's yeah, I gotta get through. I actually, I know I gotta focus and get through the book. Um, but I love the description and talk about um, what a blackout is. People think it's passing out. It's not. It's actually like your memory shuts off, so you're unable to even remember events from a certain time on. But mm-hmm. you can still be walking around, talking, and saying things to people, probably slurring. But um, but for some people, they act in more peculiar ways, but they'll have no memory of it. And even when people remind them of what they've said or done, they don't remember it. So I was a blackout drinker from the age of 14 on, um, whenever I would drink too much, my brain would just shut off and then I'd wake up in the morning, have no idea how I got home, have no idea a pretty much about like two, the last third of my night was pretty much a question mark. So... Um, I would piece it together by talking to people. So, when I tell my story, you know, if you're not a blackout drinker, I actually this is the other problem is because I was, I have people use it against me like, "Oh, well, I I had a friend." Oh, I just thought of it. So, he was is able This is a real story. This is a real story. Okay. This is a real story. You're not actually talking about
1: yourself saying I had a of- No,
0: I no, this is a real story. Okay. So, I actually was sober at the time. And so he was trying to I think distinguish like why am I an alcoholic and sober and why is he not? So, because oh, okay. he was such a heavy drinker. And so one night he told me, can you just keep track of how many drinks I have? Like, that was, like, my task. So I counted 31 beers. And he... Sounds about right. Right? And he remembered <laughs> he didn't actually have, like, a full blackout. Like, he was able to recall, like, we were having conversations about the night. And he we were having conversations. Like, I could tell that he wasn't totally gone. So the next day Weird. he asked me, and I said, I tallied this number... And so he said, well, see, that's the difference between you and I. You black out, and I don't. That's why you have a problem, and I don't.
1: Well, obviously,
0: yeah, please tell me he's in using recovery now. No.
1: Oh.
0: I'm um, just, I'm just. 31 I'm just, beers. But what I'm saying is, there, so there's people who use it like, well, I don't, I, that doesn't happen to me. That, that's, yes. oh, that's so crazy. I remember my whole night, no matter how many I have, right, that yeah, 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 therefore right, I don't have a problem. Right. So that's well, another. Well, but doesn't that go to the rules? Never makes sense. His brain was, it just didn't go, it didn't shut off. And in fact, it was more that he was much bigger than me, too. His yeah. tolerance was huge. And he was drinking, I think, beers, which they allow you to process them a little quicker because, there's, because there's a it's lot of harder carb to carb drink in. I was a hard alcoholic Shot person. Me,
1: too. I was vodka. So if you're doing beer, you, there's just more to metabolize besides the alcohol. Mm. There's a lot of sugar And to digest. It, and there's a lot of carb in it and... And they're harder to drink fast.
0: They're harder to drink drink quickly. Like the amount of alcohol in a strong drink that has like three or four shots and a little bit of soda in it. And to down that versus one beer is like if you black out or if you don't, that doesn't define if you're alcoholic. If you black out and have since you were young like me, that is a flag. Actually, that is a huge flag. It's a huge flag. But it doesn't mean that if you don't black out, then you're never an alcoholic. Because I know many alcoholics that never blacked out. This was another one, and this was kind of true with me. Like, people haven't really, like, complained about my drinking to me. Like, they haven't really yeah, said anything yeah. to me. Yeah. Um. So, therefore... So, therefore, the it mustn't what? be a problem. right? I'm only affecting myself, not others, right? Like, right. There, people would be, you know, intervening on me if there were a problem, right? Well, the truth is that, one, people don't know what the heck to say. Two... Friends are very... And family members are very, very intimidated and think you're going to choose that drug over them. And that's what I was told. Yes. I have friends, when I asked them, why didn't you see something with me sooner, they said, we were afraid you were going to choose alcohol over us. And Which would
1: never happen if you don't have a problem.
0: So but I would have chosen my drinking over people. No, no, people.
1: right. But I'm just saying, back to the rules, how they make no sense. Right. Someone who's not an alcoholic or addict, that's not even a question. Of course human
0: beings come before relationships, of course, become... But this is how people that have a problem don't get confronted. It's out of fear, the other people's fear. Right. The of loved course. one's fear. So just because people haven't said anything doesn't mean there isn't a problem. But People should have probably said things to me from, you know, the first time I drank. It was a disaster. So uh, 12 were, years later. You were a
1: shit show coming, honey. I was.
0: But hey, I, but I, what is it my friend would say? Spit shine polish what, really well. You know what I mean? Just like clean up, get up. Show up for what you gotta do. Because you gotta get to work. You gotta get to work and you gotta get to class. Because that's part of the whole defense. But guess what? That really did help me get away. I'm being honest. That is part of how I pulled off my drinking is because my grades were good. My parents weren't at college with me. They didn't see me. They saw my report card and they thought everything was fine. It was looking good. Looking good. That's right. Um, This is another one. This is true. I'd say it's true and it's ridiculous. If I only drink e- expensive oh, alcohol, and yes. I don't have a problem. Yes! And people yes. don't deliberately say it. This is an unspoken rule of, I drink expensive champagne and expensive wine, and I drink it because I'm a connoisseur, right? Oh, you very... I'm a, con- I'm a collector of wine, right? I have a wine cellar. My liver was a collector of wine. Yes, me too. Me. I drank freaking gallo <laughs> and box wine. Jug things so I was not a connoisseur. No, I would never waste. Money. I didn't have that for exactly what's the? Point? But the point is that people use it as a, an excuse as a hobby. I'm a beer brewer I'm a wine collector. I Eat at expensive restaurants. I drink champagne. So I make my own wine. I Make I'm a right. Yes yeah. or moonshine. No, I'm just mm-hmm. kidding um, But anyway, the point is like there is some weird Societal, like, justification of people that are out in public at expensive restaurants, you know, sniffing and looking at the veins down the side of the glass or whatever the heck you do and the blueberry essences and whatever. Okay, but my
1: problem with that was I could never understand the people spitting out the one. I'd be like, just drink it, chomp on a piece of celery to clean your palate, and dr- and then drink some more. What are you, what, what, because the they may have been people actually. People spit it?
0: Not wanting to get drunk, but wanting to taste it. I know. It. See, so there are some. I you know. don't. I those people do exist. So there are wine lovers that actually like drink for the taste. That's great. Swirl. They sniff. They swirl. swirl and they spit. sniff. But we, not our friends. We oh, would never no. spit and waste a sip. I mean, that's silliness. So, anyway, so that's another unspoken rule. Um, hanging out with people that drink like you uh, sort of ties into this. You know, it's if. You know, everyone's. Well, first of drinking. all, they're not going to kill your buzz. Yeah, well, by he, telling you you're
1: drinking too damn much.
0: Well, the truth is, they might be drinking just as much. So then you. No feel okay, like No cool. kidding! back
1: in my day in this area, Connecticut stopped selling liquor at two or three o'clock. The bars closed, and but New York would stay open until six a.m. So my true friends would drive with me to Port Chester, New York. Because there's no reason, like, why? What it what Ready? Want to hear this conversation that we had like a thousand times in the car? I can't believe the state of Connecticut can just arbitrarily make these rules. Like, right? So my true friends would go to New York with me. There you go. That's the possibility. I would have been be right be there with, there with right? you. Jeez. I would have been with you.
0: You know, the lame is closing it down. It's a fool's rules. Hang and with people who drink like you, and then. And then you feel good about your, yourself. You know what I mean? You feel like, I don't have a problem. I don't stand out. And I think the issue is, and it sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, is sometimes those friends start to phase out. the, yeah. And so they may be drinking heavily with you, but then they slowly start to move on with their lives. And maybe they get married and have kids. And maybe they just don't want to drink that way anymore and or smoke that way anymore. And so then you start to stand out a little bit. And, mm-hmm. I, and I feel like that was my experience. I was standing out. I started to stand out. I was that girl at the party. You know what I mean? So what's the last rule? That was the last rule. That's the last rule. Well, I'm sure you have another one. Well,
1: no, my rules were, can I tell you something? My rules were so ridiculous to the situation
0: that I don't even know. Oh, I do. I have one more that's ridiculous. What? I don't get drunk every time.
1: Isn't that a good one? That is very important rule. Isn't that a huge One? one? I think many, many people use it as their, number one yeah sometimes I can have a glass of wine and the
0: truth is that if you know about the way alcohol works in the brain there might be people that are able to have one standard drink maybe and occasionally and not totally go all the way all right but you
1: know what I'm just thinking of what a client told me recently what he said yeah I can do that sometimes but the rest of the night my brain is obsessing against the next drink so that's the, the next difference. time they get drunk can it's you a do horror it show. and not even think about it again like those annoying people we keep talking about or are, are you it doing out, it care. just to
0: show that you can do it thank
1: you it. why are you brain doing it is desperate for number 2 number 3 and number 4 because in essence then yeah you're doing it on the surface but you're not
0: but once you get to two but a person like that will if they do one they'll obsess about the rest of the night but if they get to two or three they will lose the willpower has gone and then they'll just drink and go to town so you know what that reminds me of I
1: my kind of one of my bottom line things that I say to people that I'm trying to help either in 12-step programs or, or in treatment is the bottom line is if you can't accurately predict what's gonna happen when you start oh yes it's a problem because that kind, that, of, that kind of just takes all the fool's rules. The crapshoot rule. The That's my crap. I call it yeah. the crapshoot rule. There you go.
0: There I go, if you when go. you go out, it's a crapshoot. <laughs> then if it's like a Vegas experience, but, you don't know what's going
1: to happen. But then the, the thing is, and this is, I've seen this so many times with people who really already are a pickle. Once you're a pickle, you can't be a cucumber. Mm-hmm. They'll point to the several times in the last year that they didn't go crazy when they drank as proof that they're fine,
0: right. rather than realizing that no 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 And my point is how can did you guarantee it? Like yeah, did you know going out it. that night that you weren't gonna go crazy. That might have just been a coincidence. That was a quinky dink, you're yeah, right. Yeah you might have been with the family it might have been tired you might have been eating too much food like and you couldn't get a good buzz on like there could have been variables but if but you if you can't actually it's the predi- predict right and for it. me that was it like I I think it was always a crapshoot. Which I kind of... There was a part of me that liked that,
1: though. Well, me too. I was the fun one. That was Everybody like, else started growing up. It was like, roll the die. die. Where's the night going to end? Let's roll the die. Let's go. But for now, thank you for listening to our straight talk from the sober chicks on Fool's Rules. Uh, this is Liz Jorgensen. And signing out. Remember to take your recovery seriously, but... Not yourself too seriously.